Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. This is The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The Word to Stand On for Life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program. Thanks for tuning in. In fact, welcome to a very special edition of the Wednesday Show. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And this is The Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life, really whatever is on your heart. All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you are outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our Calvary Chapel mobile app. And if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Now, let me tell you why this is a special edition of the show today. Our ladies' retreat starts tomorrow. That means Paula won't be here. So this is a Wednesday date day edition of the program. Thank you for suggesting this today. You're, I'm happy you're here. Thank you. Yeah, I figured, well, there's a question. You. That's how this started. You said that there's a question that kind of made you sad, but it's in regards to marriage. And I just said, well, you know, if, if I have enough time, I can, I'll come over there and I'll answer it tomorrow because, or today, because tomorrow I'm gone. And, you know, I tried to get you to have date day to day for real, but you said you were too busy. So we'll have, you know, women's retreat. I know it's a good thing. Yeah. But I'll be the guy whining in my den saying, I'm all alone. Where's Paula? (laughs) And I do sometimes go, Paula. Mm. I don't get any answers. No. Siri tries to answer me sometimes. Yeah. Ooh, you better not say her name. That's right. Uh -uh, Because she will definitely. Sometimes when you're just talking regular, she'll Mm -hmm. just get in the conversation, right? You know, yeah. you can tell her, say her name, and she's right there. I know you guys out there know what I'm talking about, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. So here I am today, and sometimes I'll call this, like, Wacky Wednesday, because, you know, it's, it's out of the ordinary, so it's kind of a wacky day. 
See, because you're, I'd call it Wonderful Wednesday. Oh. Or Wow Wednesday. See, that, that's, that's a much better attitude. So, <laughs> good job, baby. Hey, very quickly, before we start talking and get to some questions, um, tonight I'm going to be teaching, uh, starting a new book, actually, First Chronicles. Now, if you've read First Chronicles, and most of you, I'm sure, have, uh, the first nine chapters are like going to the dentist and saying, no Novocaine. Ooh. I mean, it's, so we'll get through that very, very quickly, but I'm going to do the first 10 chapters tonight, um, and then the rest of the book of First Chronicles and Second Chronicles also uh, is wonderful. First and Second Chronicles in the Jewish Bible is just one uh, book, and it's not placed chronologically the same way it is in our Bible. In the Jewish Bible, it's the last book. Oh. of the uh, of the Old Testament canon. So um, uh, some really interesting stuff, and we'll get God's perspective on the, the king's reign uh, from heaven. Uh, we'll see that tonight, starting tonight. And it'll take us quite a while to get through First and Second Chronicles. So i got to stay alive for at least that long. <laughs> and then programming note, we will not be live tomorrow. We'll have a, a rebroadcast of a date, the edition of the program. And then um, um, Sunday, I'll be teaching um, another new book, starting another new book. Uh, that's the book of First John, which I'm really excited about. Boy, the Lord has really been speaking to my heart, challenging me big time mm. on that book. So mm. uh, I've never taught it on a Sunday. I've taught it a couple times on Friday nights. But uh, this will be the first time on Sunday. And I'm really excited to see what the Lord is going to do. What? Want to talk about the retreat? Sure. Um, it's... It starts tomorrow, yeah, on leap year. So if somebody wanted to come at the last moment, there's still time. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. In fact, uh, many, many, many years ago now, I was at our old HEB that used to be on Kitty Hawk and Pat Booker, their corner, when it was a small little HEB. And That's the last time I've been in an HEB, when it was that small <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I saw Darlene Littman, yeah, who's been our, you know, our children's ministry leader for all of these years now but I saw her and um, I don't know how the conversation started but I said uh, getting ready to go on a women's retreat and it, we're st- it will still take you if you want to if you want to come and and she and a cousin of hers named Pat actually showed up oh yeah I so, haven't thought about Pat for a long mm-hmm. time I miss her Pat Menchaca yeah. yeah yeah we uh yeah so if you still want to come it's it starts tomorrow and some people work, you know, and, and can't get there, but we don't, it doesn't really begin until 7, and so if you get off work at 5, if you go, you know, already prepared, packed and everything, you can get there in time. So we'll take you. Yeah, if you just show up, I, I can put you somewhere. It's at the Alto Frio Baptist Encampment, uh-huh. and uh, 7 o'clock is when the first session kicks off with worship and mm-hmm. probably announcements. And a skit. Another skit. Oh, it's so fun. Their skit was funny. Now, yeah. I'm not social media like, savvy. Savvy. Yeah, so, me either. So but. I didn't realize it, and I started cracking up second service <laughs> because all these women were following uh-huh. um, the the one who was like the the lead actor. Yeah. And and as they were following her, and they were it was a social media thing, mm-hmm. and you said. Oh, look at her followers. Uh-huh. And it's the first time it dawned on me that that's what it was. So, And I started cracking up. It's like, oh, Every I'm, a, I'm yeah. a slow learner. Yeah. yeah, it was an influencer. That's, that's right. the word I'm looking for. Yeah. She was an influencer. Mm-hmm. And she had a bunch of followers. And they just follow everywhere. And it was really funny the it way was, they did it. It was cute. In fact, I'm using part of that in my 
teaching on Thursday night. So you teach the first session Thursday, Uh and then Laura Cowan uh, will be back this year, and she uh, will be doing the next four sessions. Mm -hmm. And then I'll end it up on Saturday afternoon. But yeah, so we did that many, many years ago, because we usually like to get a a guest speaker, somebody, a different voice from hearing just from the ladies, especially me, here, uh, a different voice, because, you know, a lot of times... People can hear from someone else, even though the, someone else is saying the exact same thing that we say here. But it's, every once in a while, it's like, oh, that's what they've been trying to mm-hmm. say, you know? And so, yeah, so, um, but many years ago, Gene uh, Davis, who I loved, used to come, and uh, one year she got sick at the beginning. And she goes, I, I can't do it. And so it's like, okay, Paula, you're up. But it turned out really cool because once I'm I'm done, I'm out of the way. So the next four sessions are in such, you know, she's got a, a flow going, and I'm not getting in the way. So, so I go I go Thursday night. Well, cool. Please pray for our ladies. The Lord wants to have a weekend date with them, and I know mm-hmm. it's going to be a great, great time. Yeah. Uh, tonight, our Bible study, this is always, I call it sort of like graveyard Wednesday night <laughs> because this is our least attended Wednesday night. Bible study of the year. Yeah. Because ladies are home getting stuff ready and yeah. trying to organize families yeah. and all of that. They're so getting all the meal preps and they're setting out the kids' clothes and mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and making sure everybody has all their stuff. So they're doing laundry and grocery shopping and all that kind of stuff. To you know what would be, be a great social down. experiment? What's that? If the ladies had no preparation, just left and see what happens. Yeah, we've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that just didn't work out. First group, yeah. They oh, first group is leaving at six a.m. Yeah. To get things to done. To get things decorated. Ice sculptures. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Paula, let's go to a. We got uh, Alan holding on line one. Alan, thank you for calling. You're on the air. God bless you. This is Alan here. Um, I was just praying for you and, and Paula now. So. Hope you're all doing fine. Thank you, Alan. I had a question. It's a strange one, and it's a, a po- political one, and I just I have no one else to ask, so I was okay. going to try to ask you if that's okay. I'll do my best. So every time I vote, uh, uh, the candidate that I vote for always loses, and I, <laughs> I vote I, conservative always, and I make an effort to, to, to do this, but it, they always lose, and so I thought, well, maybe, you know, and I haven't. So maybe I, I thought if I don't participate, then of course I want the conservative candidate to win. But if I, I was just wondering, and that's what happens, I was going to ask your views on that. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't think there's any connection now between you voting and conservatives losing. But the reality is conservatives, if this were a sports thing, we would say, boy, what a slump we're in. Mm. Or it's like the Cubs, they went 108 years or something without a World Series championship. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think the world that we live in, Alan, is good is called evil and evil is called good. Yeah. I think we're getting to that point where uh, we're going to see this losing streak continue and continue and continue. Um, You know, the Bible says that in the last days there will be perilous or terrible times. And I think what we see is um, the United States of America. Now, I I think judgment, and when I say judgment, I don't mean the final judgment, but I think judgment is falling on on this world, uh, a world that has rejected Jesus Christ, but in particularly the United States. 
because we have been blessed so abundantly by the Lord. And we're the ones that are the most vocal in kicking him out um, and and embracing all kinds of evil and aberrant sin. And uh, I think what we are seeing uh, on the heels of nearly 65 million murdered babies and and uh, the, the celebration, uh, like Isaiah chapter 5, of, of sin. Um, I think what we're seeing is, is God saying, okay, my hand is off. I'm going to leave you to the consequences of your own sin. And I think we see this rapid descent into evil, which is a fulfillment of prophecy, a fulfillment of, of what Paul writes uh, in his final letter to Timothy. Um, I think what we're seeing is... Um, God's hand being removed, his hand of protection, his hand of blessing being removed. I'll also go out on the limb, Ellen, and say this. I also think it's why we see a rise in what opponents, I don't, I don't believe this myself, but what critics of the church, even some inside the church called Christian nationalism, um, we're, we're, we're so desperate to see things better uh, that we're putting our hope in worldly or carnal solutions rather than simply understanding that this is the time that we're here. I'll say one final thing and then we'll we'll uh, go on to something else, Paula. But uh, I also think that um, the church's refusal to take personal holiness seriously uh, has so diminished the light that we have. Um, our impact in this world uh, is being negated by the darkness all around us, and we're being swept in. We're being swept into compromise, and uh, I, I think that's God simply saying, "Okay, I'm giving you over to yourselves. This is what you want. I'm going to stand back." And as I always say, Paula, we don't do very well when we're by ourselves, Mm-mm. when we're left alone. And when God says, uh, "You know, I'm your king." He says, I'm your king. But the people said, yeah, we know what you're saying, but we want a king like everybody else. And it, he, they were warned, they're going to take your sons and your daughters and going to do this and they're going to do that. Well, that's where we are, too. And yep. you, you say this all the time. We get the leadership that we deserve. And, you know, though you, Alan, voted and your candidate loses, it's not you. You don't have that kind of power. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the the people who win is because of the numbers of people who vote for the wrong thing. And so that's where we are. God says, yeah. You know, we're all the way back. We're all the way back to that place where people only did evil all the time. And they think, you know, I mean, we're celebrating this stuff now. It's yeah, if, so fortunately, weird. Yeah, fortunately, Paula, we're not at, at that that bad a place yet but we're certainly headed there 100 miles an hour come lord jesus yeah and and uh i think before we get to that place the church will be taken up the 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 holy spirit's restraining ministry will be removed and then it will be exactly like it was jesus said in the days of noah when every inclination of man's heart was only evil all the time Mm -hmm. and and those adjectives are really important because what they do is they indicate the totality of the depravity in the world that we live in, and that's sort of what it is. Thank you, Alan. God bless you, man. Appreciate it. And like you, I'm rooting for a different outcome, but we'll see. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Paula, I wanted to spend some time on. Oh, I got a call coming in. I'm just told. Okay. Um, Matthew from Cibolo online too. Matthew, thank you for calling. You're on the air. 
Hey, Papa Ron. Mama, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were supposed to be on here today, but I'm glad you are. Uh, but I definitely <laughs> had a question about Joshua. Uh, I've been in Joshua, and I know you've read this a million times. I hadn't read it in maybe a, a year or so. Uh, or maybe it's been, a, it's been a while, less than a year. But anyways, Joshua 9 really just jumped out at me uh, yesterday, and I, and I really wanted to get your input on Joshua 9. Uh, it was talking about the Gibbonites, the deception of the Gibbonites. Um, I kind of feel like I'm going through some kind of season like that. Uh, but I just kind of want to get your input, Papa, if you don't mind, on Joshua 9. Okay, just the whole chapter? I mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 yeah it, it, it was a deception to Gibbonites, and you yeah. kind of, you have an idea what it's about. But, um, but yeah, what, 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 what message is, is, I guess, applicable in today's world from this, from this chapter? I think I think Matthew, what we need to to, to focus on in a, in a chapter like this. Now, this was a, an historical um, um, story. Um, um, like you, I love the Book of Joshua, um, but um, the the Gibeonites um, tricked Joshua and the Israelites. And Joshua and the Israelites didn't have to be tricked. Now, by this time, uh, Joshua, he's met General Jesus in chapter 5. They've, uh, they've had this great victory in uh, Jericho. Uh, they had the defeat that they should have learned from in Ai. And by this time, here comes the Gibeonites. And all they had to do was pray. And I think this is so indicative of of our human condition. You know, we have a, a tendency to think that, uh, okay, well, God's with me. I'm going to be okay. And we drop our guard. And that's what they did. You know, in Genesis, it says that the serpent was more crafty. One translation says more subtle than all of the other animals that God had made. Well, Satan is always attacking on multiple fronts. And that's exactly what he's doing here. And Joshua and the others, all they had to do was what should have been the most natural thing to do. Remember, they learned their defeat in AI was caused by presumption. And now here come these people, and because they appear to be one thing, they lacked discernment. Um, maybe that's a bad way of saying it. They didn't lack discernment. They didn't ask God who these men were. And God had already told them, just get rid of the people in the, in the, in the country. This is judgment. It was a judgment of God, uh, the, uh, the Canaan campaign. And uh, they were easily tricked. And I think, Matthew, there's a whole bunch of Christians who are easily tricked and we never need to be. You know, in um, the Gibeonites, um, Paula was just, uh, uh, they made themselves look pitiful. Um, they, they, they had a good show, um, but they didn't have to be believed. Uh, all they had to do was pray and ask the Lord. There were priests. The Ark of the Covenant was there. All they had to do was ask, and it wouldn't have been done. Now, the Gibeonites were smart. They did their homework. Um, but even though the devil's smart, the devil does his homework on us. We need not be deceived, and uh, they were simply caught off guard, and we never, ever have to be off guard. Yeah. Thank you, Matthew. Appreciate it. Paul, you want to add anything you know, to that? As Christians, we want to we believe the best. You know, and here these people come with their clothes are worn out, and their bread is is moldy and stuff like that, and it's like, oh, 
we should help them kind of a thing, you know, just, but sometimes, like you say, we get tricked. Yeah. Paul, this is mindful of our walk with the Lord together when we first got saved. Mm. Um, You know, money was my issue, and and there were Christians on TV telling me that God wanted me to be rich, and all I do is have enough faith to believe, well, I can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And yet, from the beginning, you had just a check in your spirit. That's discernment. That's the Holy Spirit saying, eh, I don't know. Now, <laughs> it took me a while to get to the place where I knew this was too good to be true. But who am I, a brand new Christian, to question these older Christian men that I was hanging around with and talking to about the Lord, and they seemed to love God? Um, and yet we, we just knew, and you, you before I, um, we just knew that there was something wrong. This wasn't mm-hmm. real. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the same thing here. You know, I think for all of us, if we uh, feel funny about something um, regarding a decision that needs to be made, uh, we need to take a step back. We don't need to be pressured to make a decision quickly. Mm -hmm. We need to take a step back, especially as it relates to something God has already given us direction on, and uh, and let the, the Holy Spirit do his job. And you you were much better than I was mm. at mm. that uh, right at the beginning. And you're, that check in your spirit was making me think, you know, it would have been easy for me to say, well, I'm the man. I should know better. But, hey, I was a brand-new Christian. And um, God used you to make me examine things a little more closely mm. because I knew I was going to stand before God and give account of my ministry for you first before anything else. Mm. So thanks. We're gonna save the 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 email we got to the other side of the break. Okay. We're inside five okay. minutes already today. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. So, what do you want to talk about for five minutes? I know you know just because I invited myself on the show, sort of kind of <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and, I, and I'm doing women's retreat stuff to the last second here, you know, because. I, I do the room assignments, so if anybody doesn't really like their roommates or anything, then they have to, you know. I don't want anybody else to get kind of like blamed or anything. And so, hey, First John says, if you say you love God but don't love your brother, <laughs> you're a liar. The truth is not in you. Oh, so, that's a good so one. So tell him grow up. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. tell him that one. <laughs> yeah. But no, I'm just you know, in the process. And, you know, I, I try to be um, accommodating because people want to have certain roommates and stuff, and I try to work with that. So it's a, a constant adjusting um up until the last minute, it's it's really a lot of fun, and and ladies get to meet other other ladies. You know, we don't want to just hang out with the same people all the time. Um, but there's some people, you know, who are coming. Well, we get the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, the angry. They all they come to church, um, and they come to the retreat, and the Holy Spirit knows each lady who's coming, and every year. Um, because I, you know, I try to pray on who's who's going to be in the rooms, um, even though I'm trying to be uh, um, accommodating. Every year, it's like you know exactly who to put in my room. You know, we really had a lot in common. The Holy Spirit really has knitted our hearts together. We're going to be lifelong friends, that kind of stuff. And you know, I, I can't take credit for that, but the Lord. You know, sometimes he tries to make me look like a genius. <laughs> you know, I was thinking this morning, Paula, 
uh, our guest speaker, Laura Cowan, her and her husband, John, who's now Pastor John Cowan, mm-hmm. um, they were part of the original Maranatha Singers Group mm-hmm. back in the in the Jesus Movement days. Okay. And um, uh, that's when really the the birthmark of of contemporary Christian music happened during the, the Jesus People Movement. Uh, and I was thinking this morning, uh, you know, you and Laura ought to sing a song together. Really? Yeah. She probably knows some songs. Well, I'm sure, but you know songs. You I sing know. every mm-hmm. week. But um, I know, but okay. <laughs> Jocelyn, play something so we can <laughs> sing. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. they they they've actually in in those days traveled with the Maranatha singers oh, wow. uh, all over during the revival. It must have been exciting to to go to all these places and mm-hmm. see the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. moving and mm-hmm. people getting saved. Mm-hmm. So they've been, I think, all over the world. Yeah, you know. They've been around. I've just been to, you know, Texas and California. Hey, I, Pleasanton's about as far as I go from here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're kind of boring, actually, are we? Well, no, you're not, to be honest. <laughs> I am. Remember my, I had a, an ad agency that, that, that worked for me. And, this. What was and, it? and the T-shirt, they gave me a sweatshirt that said, Ron Arbaugh, the most boring oh. man in the world. <laughs> And and just when I was going, right. hey, is that what you think about me? I go, hey, it's true. Shoe fits, huh? Yeah. Uh, what was, this, what was your guy's name? Was it Elliot? What was that guy's name? The Jeremy. Jeremy, that's yeah. right, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy and Cheryl. And uh-huh. it, was, it was, I wasn't <laughs> saved then, but no. it was a good you're, time. You're, so. you're a lot less boring now that you're saved. Well, I, well <laughs> I'm still pretty boring. But that, it, Jesus puts the salt and the excitement into the life, right? Yeah, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> he brought you. He brought you to me. Uh, yeah, but I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. You know, a lot of times I don't. You had to make me go the first couple of years, but I'm ready to go. <laughs> hey, tough circumstance, tough situation on the other side of the break. Three four zero ninety five eighty five or toll free eight seven seven six three zero KSLR. This is a special date day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our Wednesday date day show, 340-9585. Paul, as you know, we got a, a, an anonymous question from an anonymous wife. Um, and um, it's long. Uh, but I think it's important. There's a lot of things here that are really, really important. And uh, let me tell you, as I read this this morning, the pain uh, just grabbed my heart. And I just think we can, we can, I hope, be a help, not just to this person, but to a lot of people as well. So bear with me. I'm going to read this. In fact, she writes, Hi, Pastor Ron. Sorry, this is super. And that's in caps long. Um, this is a slight rant. Uh, am I being unreasonable? Let me just start, Paul, by saying anytime we're ranting, slight or otherwise, we're being unreasonable. Yeah. You know, that's that's the whole thing. Yeah. Rant equals flesh. Mm-mm. And flesh is never good. Yeah. Flesh is never justified. Mm-hmm. That's really important. So, uh, anonymous wife 
please bear with me. I, my heart has been uh, hurting and praying for you all day long, and um, I don't. There's nothing personal. This is just the situation that the Lord wants to wants to repair. So she writes, my husband and I keep having arguments over who should take the trash to the dumpster. Dumb, I know. He works 12 hours a day, and I try um, not to ask anything of him. I currently do not have a job and have lots of free time because of this. I generally, important word, I generally Mm -hmm. do a good job of keeping the house clean. I don't have the greatest health and tend to get abnormally weak and lightheaded from activities, so I usually do things in chunks. However, I am very annoyed uh, at how he complains about taking out the trash. He says he does not have enough time in the morning and does not want to walk to the dumpster, parenthetically, even though it would take less than a minute. Uh, When I clean... I leave the trash outside next to the door so it'd be easy to grab and go. He says he does not like trash sitting outside, but I also do not want bags of trash sitting in our apartment. He takes forever to take them and lets it pile up to the point where it becomes too much, usually leaving me to do it because I get sick of staring at it. This is basically how he approaches any chore. I would think that by the weekend he'd accomplish this, but when the weekend comes, he prioritizes other things, even if he leaves the house ten times. He says, since I'm home all the time, that I should take it out, and I get that, but sometimes it's too heavy, sometimes I just don't want to. I feel like I do everything to maintain this place, and I'm so annoyed that he complains about this one task. We used to fight over washing clothes because his baskets get so heavy throughout the week. And if I want him to wash them himself, he will let them overflow for weeks. She says, we do not have our own washer and dryer. So now I just ask my mom to come and help me carry them and take them to her house. Like I said, he works very hard, but has so many bad habits from when he lived with his parents and gets and get frustrated if I say anything. Every time I try to be patient and give him grace, it just turns into me waiting for days or weeks Uh, and ultimately doing the task myself. I gave up trying to get him to help me around the house, but I'm starting to resent him for whining about his one task. On top of that, my mom, who usually bites her tongue, is noticing this and starting to make comments. She sees how winded winded and Mm -hmm. overwhelmed I get when I need to clean, and she ends up helping me. Uh, it's hard to cover for him when I agree with her. I know women deal with this, and I've learned to usually just clean without complaining. But at what point is he supposed to help? It's just too much sometimes, and we don't even have kids yet. That's the letter. And, Paul, you know this broke my heart this morning. Yeah. So why don't you start, and I'll fill in. Well, you know, I was just kind of thinking about we have these expectations, you know, when when you when you grow up, men are supposed to take out the trash, and women are supposed to do the laundry. That's the expectation. Men are supposed to mow the lawn. Women are supposed to be in the kitchen cooking. Men are supposed to wash the cars. Kids are supposed. I mean, women are supposed to wash the kids. I mean, those are just some of those expectations that we have kind of built in, and. Um, but when we do that, um, that's, that's setting everybody else 
up for failure, you know, for, I'll just take you, me. You used to do all the barbecuing, but I would do the yard work. That was fine by me, <laughs> you know. You're a great barbecuer, and I like being outside doing the yard work. Um, you, I don't think you, you mowed one time, one row. <laughs> You have your own gifts, and I have a different. We have different gifts. I, my point is, we should get to know one another. You know, you said in the in the the service the other day. No, when you did your 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 um, testimony Sunday, talking about you know when you first saw me, I was all that. You know, and after a while, it's just like whatever. She's gonna be here anyway. You know, you just start taking people for granted. You start taking me for granted, and and we do that ourselves. So I, my question was. Why are you arguing over who should take out the trash in the dumpster if it's if it's dumb? Stop being dumb. And if it's only a minute away, <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is not an important argument. It really isn't. And and the thing is, he works twelve hours a day. I don't want to go to the dumpster when it's dark, not in the morning or at night. He works twelve hours a day, and you're at home now. I, and so, you let me watch my tone because, you know, as the Titus two, I'm I'm. Assuming I'm a much older woman than this one who's talking. Um, you know, the Lord says, for the wife, take care of your house. Be thankful that you have a husband who works 12 hours. He's not just sitting around all day while you do all the work. Um, as far as outside, he, yeah, he's working outside. Be grateful. He's paying the bills. Be grateful. Um, and then what's... What's the big deal about taking some trash out? And as she goes on in her, her letter, she's able to take out the trash once it gets to a point. And so it's a fight over a bag of trash. Take one bag a day, you know, when you fill it up. Because he says he doesn't want to. I don't know. There's so much in this letter. It sounds like she's, they're both trying to control. That's the problem. They're both trying to be in control. I'm telling you, you take out the trash. And he's saying, I don't want to take out the trash. You take out the trash. And just, it's a silly fight. Um, the, the scripture that you use all the time, you say, if you find your life, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for my, for Jesus' sake, because he says my sake, but it's Jesus talking, my sake, you'll find it. Um, if If I was talking to this, and I am now, huh, if she's listening, I would say, clean the house. And don't just generally clean it. You have a lot of time. Clean your house. Make sure that your place is nice. Um, and when your husband does do something, and I know a lot of times when you get upset, it's like he never does anything or he always does the wrong thing. Um, when he does do something that you're proud of, you know, that's maybe out of the ordinary um, say thank you and, and and stop trying to live like roommates. Uh, the other thing that really kind of made me extra sad was um, his basket of clothes gets heavy. Well, evidently hers doesn't and that they he's supposed to do his own laundry. He's working 12 hours a day and he's supposed to do his own laundry because the, the, his, his basket gets heavy. I, I, I'm confused. I'm confused there. It's, it sounds like you guys are just trying to be individuals um, in a marriage. And, you know, the two of you are supposed to be one. 
he's going out to work. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, Ron, you even said this in your, in your testimony, too. You, you said, to, stop nagging me, you know. I didn't think I was nagging you, but you, you get that attitude. Um, but it sounds like kind of both you guys are nagging one another. He doesn't want trash outside. You don't want trash inside. But you're home while he's working. Take the trash out. Mm. And the other thing is your mom, you guys are, it's a leave and cleave. Don't be bad-mouthing your husband. Um it's just it's just so much wrong in this letter. Yeah, let, let me let me emphasize that. Never badmouth your husband or your wife to your parents or other family members. Not ever. What a horrible, horrible witness that is to your faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Please please don't do that. Of course your mom's gonna take your side. Um and you know, I don't know, you don't have the greatest of health. And you tend to get abnormally weak and like headed from activities, do things in chunks. Okay. Well, just do what you can do um, and don't overdo, but take the trash out. And it sounds like they live in an apartment or a condominium complex or something. Yeah, where it does. A, it's an apartment, a, she says. Oh, an apartment, okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it can't be that big a place. And um, I mean, if we want to even the scales here, 12 hours a day. Uh, it certainly wouldn't take you 12 hours a day to keep that house spotless. It's an apartment. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't. It, it's And it's just two people. Two bedrooms, one, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But the, the house ought to be kept spotless. The yeah. one thing I can say, you know, when I was working 100-plus hour weeks, um, our house was always clean. You know I'm a clean freak. Yeah. Even as an unbeliever, I was a clean freak. And the house was always clean. Now, I didn't appreciate I mean, I did, but I didn't. You know I appreciated mm-hmm. it. Uh, but but the, the point is, I couldn't miss that you were taking care of our home. Yeah. And um, that's the one thing that we want to do. Uh, let me add something on this. Um, you know, as a pastor, uh, first let me say that this is a marriage right now that needs to be in marriage counseling. Yes. Go to your pastor, you and your husband, and and you really need to be in marriage counseling. Uh, you've given the devil uh, an opening and big enough to drive a truck through, um, and he's going to continue to wreak havoc, and that resentment and the being annoyed state of mind, um, he is going to throw fuel on that fire over and over and over. Yeah. So let me say this to you. We forget that as Christians, we are servants. And what we need is to please our master. Our master is Jesus Christ. And um, let me ask you to do a Bible study. Luke chapter 17, the first 10 verses. And let the Holy Spirit really speak to your heart. Now, I also want to say to you, anonymous wife, that uh, if I was sitting here with your husband, I would be really hard on him. Um, but here's what I know for sure, Paula, about this family. They're not reading the Word together. They're not praying together. They're not serving in church together. And what an affront this is to God to have this going on in the background and, and then going to church on a Sunday and putting on the church happy face and pretending that all is well. And, you know, you don't have children yet, you say, in this letter. Which um, will be very much harder 
for you in your weekend state. You think taking a bag of trash out yeah. is hard? I mean, you, you, if yeah. there were kids in the picture, uh, to hear them or, or to let them hear this kind of conversation or this kind of frustration yeah. uh, is really awful. So, mm-hmm. um, Anonymous White, this isn't me taking sides, you or him. Um, he ought to be serving you. You ought to be tripping over yourself to serve him. Yeah. That's what Christians ought to be doing. And it shouldn't be keeping score. And, and um, you know, it seems like both of you are keeping score. Your husband says, I work 12 hours a day. You're home all day. Um, maybe he's a bit resentful or annoyed that the house is only generally clean. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe he, he's sitting here thinking, you know, why does she leave the trash out for me when she could take it out? Mm-hmm. Why are my clothes? Why do I have to go down and clean it or, or wash it when she could be doing that? And I just think that um, all these problems could be solved so easily if we'd sit down, repent of our attitude, if we would simply say, Lord, um, my heart has been revealed. You know what I say all the time, Paulie? You only know if you're a servant. And <laughs> when you treat it like based one. Based on how you respond oh, when yeah. you're treated like one. Yeah. And um, right now it looks like both people in this marriage aren't doing very well on their servant's exam. And um, things won't get better apart from the Word of God. If I were you, anonymous wife, I would make that house so spotless that when he came home, there was time to sit down and say, just before dinner or just after dinner, um, we have time to read the Bible together. Or or we have time to pray together. And and this ought to be done. It, It would be impossible for you to have these kinds of attitudes on either side of this equation, it would be impossible to have these kind of attitudes if you were in the Word of God together because the, the, the Holy Spirit would slice and dice your heart with mm-hmm. conviction mm-hmm. And, and we'd realize how displeasing this is to the Lord. So I'm pleading with you, please, you and your husband, go to your pastor, get some marriage counseling, and realize, let the Holy Spirit show you how selfish your hearts are. And I, again, I want to emphasize this for you. I'm a man speaking. If I were talking to your husband, I would be harder on him than the way you're going to perceive this response. Yeah. So Luke chapter 17, the first 10 verses, really let the Holy Spirit hold on to you in this regard. And, um, and, and I'm sure he'll show you some stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to just almost despise the Proverbs 31 woman. <laughs> it's like, she's not real, you know? But it says in that she is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ship bringing her food from afar. I mean, she gets it while it is still dark, provides for her family, portions for a servant girl, considers the field. I mean, just on and on and on. She works, uh, sets about her work vigorously. She sees her trading is in her holds, hands. She holds the distaff. I mean, she just, it's like, wow. Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, she's just getting on my last nerve kind you know, of a it, thing. It's, it's funny you said you, you used to hate the Proverbs 31 woman, mm-hmm. but you remember when I was at Bible college, and I was chosen to do the devotion mm-hmm. before the whole 400 students. Um, I did my devotion on Proverbs 31, 
And uh, what I said was, I'm, I'm married to this woman. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, all the ladies in the, in the audience melted when I said that. Mm-hmm. But the idea was, it was your attention to serving the Lord that won my heart to Christ in the first place and helped me grow and mature in the early days of my walk with the Lord. So you may have, in your flesh, hated <laughs> that, but, um, boy, this, this husband really appreciated it because I realized that the standard you were setting was really, really high. Well, that was part of that. Um, that's, that's the Lord working inside of a person. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, like she said in her letter, um, I know a lot of women have gone through this kind of stuff. So as the tightest two women, I'm telling you, lose your life. Don't just have to have it your way um, and ask the Lord to help you with your bitterness and resentment and serve your husband as you're serving Jesus. Yeah, it'll make all the difference. Yeah, and don't you think that once she does her part, remember, she can't fix him and he can't fix her. Yep. But once she does her part, the Holy Spirit's going to be really faithful to start whipping on him. Yeah. And I think... We lack the faith in God to believe that. Yeah. One other comment that I'd make, Paula, is um, I hope by other women have gone through this that this isn't a discussion that this woman is having with other women. Yeah. Not just her mom, but with other women. Yeah. Uh, boy, what a compromise um, to our witness that is yeah. when we're being uh, this selfish rather than selfless. Yeah. Did I say Luke 17? You, you did. Okay. You did. <laughs> and First Peter 3, 1 through 6, where, mm-hmm. you know... Well, that, if, that's an unbeliever, if she's married to an unbeliever. Um, you know, I, I can promise you, anonymous wife, that the Holy Spirit will go out and rope and hogtie your husband <laughs> when you do your part. Mm-hmm. Paul says, make no provision for the flesh. Mm-hmm. And you have just opened the door for your flesh, and the devil is going to uh, add fuel to that fire. Yeah. Let's go to Jeff on line one from San Antonio. Jeff, thank you for holding her on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron and Paula. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. So I just I, I wanted to weigh on this because I thought it was such a, a great topic. And, you know, my wife doesn't work, and um, she got into a, a situation where she had done something she shouldn't have done when she was in Bolivia. Nothing, nothing bad, just with money. And um, so she was telling her friends about the fact that I, I got on her about it. And I said, you know, it's okay. And stay friends with her. I said, I'm not friends with that woman, but you can be friends with her. Until that woman started telling my wife, you know, you could come live with me. You should divorce your husband. He shouldn't talk <laughs> to you, uh, you know, badly about something. I said, okay, now she cannot be your friend because anybody trying to interfere with our marriage should not be your friend. And but what it, what it what it related to me when I was hearing y'all talk about this, I have a great wife, and my wife does so many things the way she's supposed to do that there is a huge pressure on me to behave well towards my wife, not by her, but by God. Yeah. When I, when I pray to God, God constantly reminds me of all the wonderful things my wife is and and does for me. So I go out of my way. What I hear in this letter, though, is the woman who's probably getting ungodly counsel from secular women who are trying to make her situation be bad. My wife even gets, you know, comments made to her, well, your husband shouldn't keep you from working. 
I've never kept my wife from working. She's welcome to work if she wants to. Mm-hmm. I'm just old-fashioned. I believe it's my responsibility to take care of her that way. I believe it's her responsibility to take care of the home. And so we have a great agreement. It works well for us. And what secular women constantly try to feed her ear, and she has made the mistake of saying something bad. And I told her, what's going to happen when we get into a disagreement, you're going to go to that same friend, and they're going to throw that back at you and churn the waters up to make it seem even worse. Mm. So just just a, some input. Mm-hmm. Jeff, thank mm-hmm. you. That God was bless great. You. Since I know your wife, uh, I can't imagine there would be anything bad about her at all. I can say this, Paula. I think um, we, we talked about it, just speaking ill of people. And when Jeff used the word secular, um, um, there's a lot of secular thinking even in Christian women. Yeah. And, and Christian men. But, but the idea is uh, we don't need anybody's opinion but one. And that opinion comes from our Bible. Mm-hmm. And I know I said Luke 17, <laughs> but those first 10 verses of Luke 17, Jesus gives us his opinion yeah. on our roles as servants of the Most High God. And I think that's the one thing, Paula, that we need to focus on. Jesus has a plan for us. If we do it his way, things are going to work out every time we try to do it our way. Uh, every time we slip into the flesh and give into the flesh, then um, that's going to cause more difficulty than not. So, yeah. you know, the world tells us that marriage is fifty-fifty. It's not. It's a hundred-hundred. You give all. I give all, because Jesus did. He gave all. Yeah, and you don't even do it for each other. You do it for Him. You do it for Him exactly. Yeah. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your mm-hmm. bodies as living sacrifices. Holy and pleasing to the Lord. Yeah. And if we do that yeah. um, and we, we are transformed mm-hmm. in the word by the renewing in the mind, mm-hmm. then we're going to be able to find God's perfect, pleasing, and acceptable will. Yeah. And uh, those are promises that yeah. we've been given. Yeah. There's no promise that covers a situation like this. I feel bad for this woman that she doesn't feel loved and appreciated. Um, but her love first needs to come from Jesus and not her husband. Yeah. When you're doing your part... Yeah. God will do his part. Yeah. Uh, that's how I got saved, by the way. So, Well, God is good. Paula, you got just a little over a minute. Yeah. How do you want and, to finish? And, and you know what? You say this all the time, Pastor Ron. Christians are none. Don't give your opinion. Don't give your opinion, you know. Um, we don't know what's going on behind all the doors and stuff. And, you know, we're talking to this lady because she's the one that wrote in. Um, but Jesus loves your husband. Pray for that heart. Jesus, you love him. How can I serve him for you? That's what Jesus did. He said, I want, Paula, I want you to love Ron for me. Can I use you? I ask not just her, but um, all of us. Will we do it for Jesus' sake? Thank you for being here today, Paula. Reminder, rebroadcast tomorrow uh, here at Calvary Chapel. We won't be having church services on Friday night because of the ladies' retreat. And all of our Saturday stuff is also canceled because our ladies are gone. And uh, we would ask that you would pray for them, uh, for their safe travel, but also for their time with the Lord. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The word to stand on for life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 
And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Oh,